Welcome to Sun Devil Saturday, brought to you by Gila River Hotels and Casinos. Gila River bleeds maroon and gold and is Arizona's official sports headquarters. Now here are your hosts, Jordan Simone and Jeff Mudd. You know, it is October, and it usually means football in October, right? Well, we know this has not been your typical year in any respect. But hey, on the first Saturday in October, well, it's the second Saturday, actually, but in any event, we're going to talk football for the next couple of hours. And hello again, Sun Devil friends. I haven't said that since March in Las Vegas. I'm Jeff Munn, and welcome to Sun Devil Saturday. Now, you're probably wondering to yourself, what is this that is going on here on my radio? Well, it's going to be going on for the next four Saturdays. Every Saturday over the next four weeks from 1 to 3 p.m. here on our great flagship station, Arizona Sports Station 98.7 FM, we're going to have two hours of football talk, primarily football talk, but also ASU athletic talk. So, If you're a Sun Devil fan, settle in. We're going to be talking football and a whole lot of other things pertaining to Sun Devil athletics over the course of the next couple of hours. Obviously, our focus is on football, and it's for very good reason. Practice has started. As a matter of fact, today is day two of practices at Arizona State. They are not doing practices with pads just yet, and we'll hear from head coach Herm Edwards about what the next week will be like a little bit later on in our show. But They have been in workouts somewhat uh, informally uh, for the last week or so, and they got out on the practice field yesterday formally for the first time, went through uh, a series of uh, plays and drills, but just non-contact without pads, and it's all leading up to November the 7th. Four weeks from now, we're going to finally get around to play some football, and boy, what a way to open as Arizona State will open its Pac-12, and it'll only be a Pac-12 schedule, on Saturday, November 7th at USC. Now, I'm going to remind you this several times before we get to November 7th. That's an early kickoff, and I mean early, 10 a.m. Arizona time, and that means our pregame show coverage that day is going to get underway at 7.30 a.m. So somebody's got to bring me and Cody Fincher breakfast so that we're, you know, we're in good shape and have plenty of energy to get through the entire program. But that's when it starts. And the schedule is just one of the things that I think is interesting about this most bizarre of football seasons. The schedule, a lot of people in the Pac-12 media poll came out this week, and it had Arizona State ranked uh, to finish second just behind USC. So in a lot of respects, the biggest game on ASU's schedule for in terms of the conference race could be the opener. Of course, the biggest game is at the end down in Tucson against you-know-who, but what a way to open at the Coliseum against USC and against a program that a lot of people are saying this is a make-or-break year for Clay Helton and the USC football program. So they're going to be under a little bit of pressure. Arizona State in its third year under head coach Herm Edwards expected to do big things as well. In fact, there have been a few projections that have Arizona State going to a very nice bowl at the very least at season's end. So there's all kinds of intrigue to this football season from a scheduling standpoint, from a personnel standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, because as you know, I'm sure you know, Arizona State goes into the new season with new coordinators on both the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. Zach Hill, the new offensive coordinator, came to Arizona State from Boise State. And there'll be co-defensive coordinators. And, oh, it just happens to be Antonio Pierce and Marvin Lewis. I think you're doing pretty good when you've got those two guys 
as your co-defensive coordinators. Beyond that, though, so many interesting questions with personnel. You've got to replace Eno Benjamin. You've got to replace, in a way, Brandon Ayuk. I mean, Frank Darby's going to move into that number one receiver role, and trust me, he's more than ready for it. But what's behind him? There's going to be a lot of depth at the wide receiver position, but it's going to be very, very young. The offensive line has another year of experience under its belt. How about the linebackers? Now, it's still a fairly young defense, but the linebackers are really where most of the experience is. How does Marvin Lewis and Antonio Pierce, how do they take advantage of that? So as you can see, as we start the process of getting ready for the season, there may not be any program in the Pac-12 that has more interesting storylines and question marks in the sense of things that could go really positive for them than Arizona State. So I think it's a pretty good reason for us to look seriously into doing this show. So let me tell you how what is going to transpire on this show today. Really, this program is going to sound an awful lot like the pregame shows that we do most of the time in a quote-unquote normal season. As you know, we have a Sun Devil tailgate show that tends to take a look not only at ASU football, but college football, and a lot of other things going on in Sun Devil athletics. And then Countdown to Kickoff is the real hardcore get-ready-for-the-game show, where we're going to kind of combine the two and do an awful lot of football talk, because that's the, the primary focus But we're also going to take time to talk about other things going on with ASU athletics because, as we've said for many years, it's more than just the the things that you are most familiar, football, men's basketball, baseball, women's basketball. There's 25-plus varsity sports at Arizona State. Every program is something a Sun Devil fan should be proud of. So we're going to use this show and our Sun Devil tailgate party shows we always have to highlight those programs that don't get quite the same amount of attention. Today... We're going to talk with softball coach Trisha Ford, and there's a couple of reasons I wanted to go into a spring sport and bring Trisha on as our first guest, one of which is you're going to have a lot more access to softball this coming season, and it's something that we're very excited about at the Sun Devil Radio Network. But we'll talk with Trisha, get an update on the status of the program. She has made some changes in her staff. And like the other spring sports, softball was rolling along before the pandemic shut everything down. And so there's a lot of optimism about what uh, the program will do with a full season, and that's certainly the expectation looking ahead to 2021. So we'll visit with Tricia today. Doug Haller of The Athletic will be with us. He covers the team on a day-to-day basis, speaking of the football team. And he's been at practice, or he's watched practice virtually. And he'll be with us to share his thoughts about where this program is right now, four weeks out from the season opener. We're going to have our guys, Tim Healy, the voice of the Sun Devils, and Jeff Van Raphorst come on and uh, stay for a couple of segments with us to do a couple of things. We're going to look back at the last time Arizona State played a football game, which was the Sun Bowl on New Year's Eve in 2019 down in El Paso, a win over Florida State. And we're going to do this every week during this four-week series of shows where we take a look at a game that was played the year before. The reason we want to do that is just to kind of remind you of some of the names uh, that are going to be prominent with ASU this year, obviously Jaden Daniels being one of them. But I thought the Sun Bowl would be a good place to start for two reasons. One, obviously, it was the last game ASU played. But in that game, as usually happens in these mid-level bowls, a lot of departing players opt not to play in the game. And so you get kind of a sneak preview of who's going to be prominent the following season. 
That took place in the Sun Bowl, the win over Florida State. So Rapper and Tim will be on to talk about that. And then we're going to do a segment where we're going to focus in on what we're looking forward to seeing from the Sun Devil football team this season. Also, we're going to hear from a Sun Devil fan. You know, fans have been affected just as much by the postponement of the season as anybody else. And we're going to have a great Sun Devil season ticket holder to come on. I don't want to give away too much right now. But our fan of the week is going to come on and share some thoughts about what how she and her family are adjusting. I just gave some of it away. Uh, to life without football before November 7th. Now, when I say life without football, I am talking about life without Sun Devil football in the Pac-12. There are college football games going on today, and we are going to talk about them. We're going to give you score updates periodically. And, yes, somewhere in the warehouse, we stored the wheel of football. Uh, I'm not sure we're going to be able – we've got a crew of uh, specialists looking for it in the warehouse now, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to get it out of storage and spin, spin the wheel of football before the show is over. But there's not a lot of games to that you can select from, but Cody Fincher, our, our able assistant here – well, you're more than an assistant, aren't you, Cody? Go ahead and turn on your microphone and say hello to the nice people. Put the headset on first. Yeah, I forgot to put my headphones on. Yeah, that would help. You do. It, it, there's some guys in the back looking for the wheel of football, right? Oh, we found it. Oh, you did? Okay, very good. It's well, uncovered. Then, if we have time... It's dusted off. We're going to spin the wheel of football. You put some games up. You're going to put some games up on the wheel, right? Yeah, I just got to put some WD-40 on the wheel. Oh, yeah. It's gotten kind of squeaky. Been it's been a while, since, man. It's been, been a while. since New Year's Day, so... All right, we'll see. Now, we've got a full show, and we've got two hours to cover a whole bunch of things, so I'm going to give all of you a chance to catch your breath, get settled in. We'll take a break, and we'll come back and visit with Doug Haller of The Athletic. Get his thoughts on the football season upcoming at Arizona State right after this break on the Sun Devil Radio Network. You're listening to Sun Devil Saturday. Now back to our host, Jordan Simone and Jeff Munn. I got to give a shout out to the uh, Sun Devil Media Relations Office. Jeff Munn here, by the way. They are putting out a daily set of notes on practice, which uh, officially began yesterday. And in these notes, they have included, if you've ever been out to a Sun Devil practice, and obviously they're closed to the public for obvious reasons this year, but if you have been to a practice, they they play music as warm-up songs. And in the notes yesterday, they listed the warm-up songs that were played before the start of practice. I'm not going to repeat them because I don't know I don't know who these artists are, and I don't want to mispronounce the names. I'll run it by Cody during the break, and he might recognize him. In any event, we move on. It is the start of football leading up to November 7th in the season opener, Arizona State at USC. So let's kick off our look at things, Sun Devil football, with our friend Doug Haller, who is the ASU beat writer for The Athletic. And tell the first question I would have, Doug, is how has your work been impacted by, obviously it has, but how has it been impacted by COVID-19? Uh, hello. Um, pretty significantly, as you would imagine. Um, you know, usually at the beginning, it was just like the normal summer months. You know, you have time to, to work on some projects, and I got some, some of those things started. Some uh, have posted and published, some I'm still working on. And then, you know, right when, you know, they, they pushed pause in August, 
that's when everything kind of stopped a little bit. And I actually started worrying, like, how am I going to stay busy through January? Uh, so I volunteered to help out on the Cardinals. The Cardinals were starting up. So uh, that's how I filled my time uh, for, the, like, the first maybe month of football. I was out uh, training camp with the Cardinals and then covered them for the first few games. And then the Pac-12 changed their mind, and here I am back on Arizona State. So that, I stayed busy. That's the, that's the important thing. That is the important thing. There, are, I said this in the first segment, uh, Doug. I think there are maybe no other program in the Pac-12, with the possible exception maybe of Oregon, has as many interesting storylines going into the season as Arizona State. I guess USC would be in that grouping, too. But you look at all the different things that are going on with this roster and in the coaching staff, and I'm going to start there. I think a lot of fans, because it was a shortened spring football, are still kind of curious about what kind of offense Zach Hill is going to run, having come to Arizona State from Boise State. Now, it's not going to be a traditional Boise State offense, right? Uh, creativity-wise, I think it might be. Um, you know, just we were only out there for seven practices, so seven sessions. That's about all we saw, we've seen of the offense. And I'll be honest, I saw some things uh, in those seven spring practices. And, and keep in mind, this is like really the first time they're on the field installing this. I saw some stuff that I haven't seen. Uh, in fall practices, Arizona State <laughs> go through. Um, definitely some things that, uh, you know, that you're just, you could just see the creativity that Zach Hill brings. So that's what I'm excited about, is just seeing how he's going to get his playmakers in space. That's one thing. And then the other staples that, I mean, have been talked about is there's no question, and I, we say this every year, every beat reporter that's covered Arizona State has started the season over the last 10 years saying, the tight end is going to be used more this year. And then the season starts, and the tight end is not used. <laughs> this right. year, I feel confident that the tight end will be used more in the passing game. Um, I think there's been a big emphasis as far as that goes. Uh, so we will see that. And, you know, we'll see Jaden Daniels be able to kind of showcase what he can do, which should, which should excite just about every Arizona State fan because that kid is extremely talented. Well, you mentioned Jaden Daniels, and in thinking about Zach Hill coming here from Boise State, we know Jaden is a multi-talented student-athlete. He can run, he can throw, he can improvise. Does And again, we're dealing with a small sample size, but does Zach Hill's offensive philosophies, is it going to benefit Jaden more as a runner or a passer? I think both, actually. Uh, and maybe more so as, as a passer because, you know, that was one of the big things that led them to Zach in the first place is the fact that he was really um, a quarterback kind of whisperer, a quarterback coach. Uh, you know, I remember talking when they hired, I talked to several of his quarterbacks that he had, uh, you know, uh, worked with in the past, and they all just talked about how detail-oriented he was. And if I do remember in the first few sessions of spring ball, um, that was clear. I mean, that was obvious. He really, I mean, he was offering instruction, and every coach does, but he was offering instruction almost after every snap, almost after every pass. Um, you know, I remember talking to Danny White and, and Jake Plummer about that, and they were out there, and that's something that, that struck them right away as well. So, I, you know, I think, you know, Jaden obviously threw the ball well. He does a very good deep ball. You know, I, you know his percentage uh, could be better. 
And I think that's something that you'll see from him this year. Um, you know, on the flip side of that is, you know, he lost some pretty good weapons in Brandon Ayuk and Kyle Williams. So it'll be interesting to see how that transition goes. But I, I think, I think maybe the whole Jane Dan is going to take off and run might be a little overplayed because they don't have, you know, the quarterback death charts, not you know, wasn't like it was last year. Uh, so, and they're still, their main priority is still going to be to keep him healthy. He can make plays with his legs, no doubt about that. But uh, I think you will see him more, uh, develop more as a passer this year. Doug Haller, the athletic, joins us here on Sun Devil Saturday. I'm Jeff Munn. Let's flip it over to the defensive side. And I want to get to talking about Antonio Pierce and Marvin Lewis in a minute. It kind of links into talking about the personnel. But I think a, a, a defense that has been very young the first couple of years of the Herm Edwards era here at Arizona State now starts to develop uh, some veteran presence, and it's really at the linebacker position where you look at Merlin Robertson, Darian Butler. Uh, Kyle Soley has been named a, a team captain. There's a lot of potential just in back of that defensive line. And I think, and I think the old philosophy with, with football is, you know, your linebackers are really the cornerstone of what you do defensively, and they're in pretty good shape at that spot. No question. And to be honest, I'm actually more uh, interested in seeing how they do defensively than offensively. I, I think they're going to, even with young guys in the backfield and at the receiver position, I think they're going to score points. But I do think this defense has the potential to really shut teams down. And, you know, from what Danny Gonzalez did from when he arrived to where he left last season, uh, you know, they inherited a lot of problems defensively. And that three three five worked really well. Uh, they gave up just, what, 22 points a game last year. Um this year really should be kind of like, okay, let's see what we have. And, and you're right. You hit around the head. Those linebackers are the key. Um, Merlin Robertson had a great freshman year, obviously, last year. He didn't take a step back, but he didn't take the step forward that everyone expected. So I would start with him. Uh, Darian Butler is always going to be solid. And, and really it's kind of that core, core group if you expand it past the linebackers. Jermaine Lolay, he started as a true freshman like those two linebackers. Ashari Groswell, the safety, um, he started as a true freshman as well. That core group of guys, and you can include Kyle Foley in there as well, you know, they've been around. They've played a lot of games. Now now it's time to show that if, you know, the offense is struggling a little bit, you know, the defense can, can win games. I thought last year um, the defense was not quite ready to that point yet. The defense was good enough to keep the offense in game so the offense could win games in the fourth quarter. But this year I think that the defense should be able to really shut teams down and win games. The the other thing about the defense is about the, the co-coordinator situation. If I understand it, and I'm not now, I I'm perfectly capable of not understanding it correctly. But if I understand it, the, the way it's going to work, Doug, is yes, Antonio Pierce and Marvin Lewis are co-coordinators, but the call the play calls during the game is going to be Antonio Pierce, correct? I think it's actually the other way around. I think Marvin's going to call the defense, and I think Marvin's kind of, I mean, Antonio's kind of in a learning mode um, and kind of being learning from Marvin. Um, that that could have changed. I mean, but before everything, I mean, back during spring ball, I remember sitting down talking to Marvin, and the impression he gave me was that he is going to call the defense, and you know, Antonio is going to kind of be his right hand man, which makes sense because you know, for all, I mean, just. How everything unfolded last year, um, you know, Marvin was kind of Herm's right hand man throughout the the whole season. He was, even though he was just a, you know, had a, a title as special assistant to the head coach or analyst or whatever it was, you know, he was 
he was Harm's right hand guy, and I was I'm I'm fairly confident that that's the way it's going to be. That Marvin's calling the defense. Well, it Lewis Marvin Lewis runs a four three. They're going to go back to a basic four three. Mm-hmm. And I would think, going back to talking about the linebackers, that actually probably emphasizes more the strength of that position in that defense. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, obviously they lost Danny, and you know they kind of had Tony White, the safeties coach, who was um, well versed in the three three five, ready to step in, and then he left for Syracuse, and they kind of left no one, <laughs> no one in house that knew the three three five really well like those two guys did. So it, it made sense. And, and actually, I think if you go back to last year's bowl game, uh, and, and Tony White was still there, he actually was hurt as a defensive coordinator of that game. They started branching away a little bit from the 3-3-5 there. Uh, and I think that kind of had – I think Tony White saw the transition coming. Uh, I think they were headed this direction no matter what. Um, so, yeah, it fits exactly – to what Marvin's done. It fits exactly to what Antonio Pierce has done. Um, Chris Hawkins, the guy that they brought in to coach uh, DBs, he's played in this system. So um, Robert Rodriguez, the defensive line coach, they're, they're all very well versed in what they're doing. It should, you know, it, it's benefit already, you know, a guy like Kyle Sole, who uh, it, this, this system kind of fits him and he's, it looks like flourishing. So, you know, I think it fits maybe, um, their front seven, so we'll see. We'll see. They need they need to figure out who their defensive ends are. No question about that, and get good play. But uh, I, I don't I don't expect that that transition the three through five to the uh, to the four man front to be that that steep. Got last question. I got about a minute before the break. Uh, the schedule. Somebody at the Pac twelve. I'm convinced they did this on purpose. Having ASU open at USC. These are the two teams expected to finish one two in the South. And I'm sure that they looked at that and, well, hey, that'd be a pretty good way to open on national TV. No, yeah, they, I agree with you. They, they had with the Pac-12 starting so late, they had to come out with with a with a big game right off the bat. Um, and Arizona State USC kind of fits that bill. Uh, the fact that it's going to be nine o'clock local time in Los Angeles, ten o'clock here. And then that allows them to put it on at noon on Fox national televised game. It all, it all lines up. I mean, it's a TV game. It's a good game. Uh, you have two teams that, you know, could possibly uh, win the South or maybe even the Pac-12. So I, I think it's the right move. I don't know if the coaches for each team really enjoy opening up with uh, possibly their best opponent on their schedule right off the bat. But as far as the fans, the excitement, I think you had to lead off that way. Yeah, and it'll be a terrific way to open. Doug, I appreciate the time. It's always great to catch up with you. And, uh, friends, you can catch his work, excellent work, on theathletic.com. Doug, thanks very much. Talk to you soon. I appreciate you having me. You betcha. Doug Haller, The Athletic, joining us for a few moments on Sun Devil Saturday. When we come back, we're going to switch gears and talk softball. We always like to highlight the non-revenue sports in these shows, and we're going to do that with head coach Trisha Ford, and that's coming up after a break. This is Sun Devil Saturday on the Sun Devil Radio Network. This is Sun Devil Saturday. I'm Jeff Munn. We're delighted to be with you. We're going to be here each of the next four Saturdays leading up to the start of Sun Devil football. But as we say so often, there is so much more to Sun Devil Athletics than the sports of football, men's basketball, et cetera, et cetera. We have so many great non-revenue sports, and it's a shame to call them non-revenue because they're very popular. And uh, so we'll just say Olympic sports. And one of them is softball, a program that has had a great deal of success for an awfully long time. And because of the fact that it is such a great program and it's one of the programs that we hope is not affected too much, 
come the spring. I thought we'd spend a few moments uh, with ASU head softball coach Tricia Ford, who, by the way, this is this is a bit of a sacrifice because Tricia, I uh, one of my spies told me that your daughter is playing softball today, and you're taking time out from her game to be with us. So, first of all, thanks for doing that. Oh, no problem. That's our that's our dual role. I'm actually heading to my son's basketball game and then the softball game. So, oh. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, boy, you're busy. Yeah. And I and yeah. <laughs> that's that's going to be my first question. I think a lot of fans are curious, how have you been able to stay busy during this shutdown? Well, my kids keep me pretty busy, so <laughs> I, I've been, uh, you know, been able to do some things that I, that I haven't been able to do in their whole lives, and, and spend some time with them, and obviously um, help coach my daughter. Which I don't know if she loves that or not, but uh, <laughs> it's been it's been good, and it's um, my my little guy. He enjoys mom time, so we've done a lot of that, and then. We've done a lot of, you know, evaluation of kind of our program and what we do and how we do it. And so there's some things that um, I think we're going to do a little bit different um, in the next couple of years because of our talent pool that we're pretty excited about. Well, I know one of the things that uh, you've done is uh, a new assistant coach, Jimmy Kalaitis. Am I saying Jimmy's last name correctly? Yes, I know. It's kind of, yeah, you're like, is that really how we say it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so we call him Coach K. Well, that works, and uh, he has. Yeah. Uh, he was most recently the head coach at Alabama Birmingham, but he has some pretty strong ties to the Pac-12, having been an assistant at Oregon. So I would think that w- w- the great thing from the the fans' perspective is here's a here's a coach that has deep ties in terms of recruiting. He's been a success uh, at every stop along the way in coaching. What a great upgrade to your staff! Yeah, we're we're pretty excited. Um, you know, Coach K brings a lot to the table. Um, he's one of the best recruiters in our game, which is really a, the main reason why I brought him here because I feel like we have some really good talent coming in and, and want to keep that. Recruiting is your lifeline to your program. And so he just has some reaches that are different than, um, I would say, you know, a normal coach. And so we're pretty excited about that. And then his game day prep He's really, really sharp with that of kind of getting hitters ready. And obviously, Jeff, Coach Harger is going to still do our hitting, um, kind of our mechanics and our swing and all of that good stuff. But Coach K is going to help assist him and, and help with some game day prep. So getting them ready to get into the box. Trisha Ford, ASU head softball coach, joining us for a few moments on Sun Devil Saturday. I know that you've always taken a great deal of pride, or you take a great deal of pride in everything with this program, but the pitching has been such a strength of this Sun Devil softball program since you've been here. As you put things together for 2021, how does the staff look? Well, I'm pretty excited about it, to be honest with you. So we have Cielo Meza is coming back for her sixth year because she was obviously granted that um, with the NCA and, and um, ASU went ahead and, and supported those spring sports to be able to come back from a financial standpoint. So um, we have Cielo, who's pretty dynamic. She's an up ball pitcher. And then we have, um, obviously, Madison Preston that's returning again this year. So she came to us um, from Alabama and had a, a, a stellar fr- uh, first year with us. Um, and so being able to have her for now another year, we're, we're developing a, a rise ball with her. So she's got a, you know, about 
she averages between nine to ten inches of sink with her drop ball. Wow. Um, so we're working on that rise ball, and that's going to really complement that um, really nicely. So, um, and then we have our, um, you know, Lindsay Lopez who returns to Salt Limited Innings. Um, and then the one that I'm really excited about is Allison Royalty. She's our, you know, freshman pitcher that comes to us from Texas, and uh, she won a national championship um, two summers ago because this past summer they didn't play, as you know. So um, she was my first pitching uh, recruit when I took this job. So I've been waiting about four and a half years for her. So <laughs> I'm pretty excited to get to work with her. Now, you talked about in relation, and I think this is important for fans who maybe don't get out to Farrington Stadium as often as they'd like. It, with pitching, you just talked about you've got pitchers that can throw the drop ball, but you can't. It's yep. it's it, hitters are going to they're going to if you, if that's all you're doing if you're a one pitch pitcher, hitters eventually catch up with it. That's why it's important to teach the rise ball. Yeah, you you want to um, you know at the, at this level if you know if you can get ten inches of separation between your pitches, whether that be down or you know east and west, up and down, um, you're gonna you're gonna be very very successful. So um, we've got lefties, we've got righties, we've got rise ball pitchers and drop ball pitchers. So it's gonna be hard for people to be able to to kind of prepare for us, which is what our goal is. <laughs> Absolutely. That's that's kind of the idea. Tell me about your offense going into 2021. Well, we, we, we have everybody back, so I think that's pretty exciting. That's a good place to start. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, you start with, you know, Maddie and Kendra Hackbarth, and um, obviously excited to have them back in maroon and gold, and I think they're, you know, they're super excited to be here as well. And um, they can't wait to get on the field and, and finish. Um, and obviously, um, like I said, we returned everybody. So Danae Chapman, um, gosh, Alina Torres. We had a couple freshmen last year that were that came in and, and did some really big things for us offensively. And um, Jasmine Hill and Alina Torres were pure, you know, true freshmen that started and, and put up some big numbers. So. I think, um, obviously, with the returners coming back, Bella Loomis, a local, obviously standout, and um, she's, you know, been a double-digit home run hitter in her small little petite frame, but she's really um, done a great job of kind of cleaning up her swing path and working with Coach Harger um, and, and getting stronger. So we have all of them returning, and then we, we – um, um, it added on quite a few freshmen, so we have seven freshmen. So um, we brought some depth in the middle of the infield, which was much needed, and um, hopefully a little bit of speed and a little bit, uh, a little bit more power. So we'll see. It's so early with a freshman to know <laughs> exactly yeah. what that's going to look like, but we're pretty excited. Now, uh, there's a couple. Of, I, I have a couple more questions, and uh, we're with ASU softball coach uh, Trisha Ford here on Sun Devil Saturday. The, the process of putting together a schedule for next year, I would I would expect that there's still a lot of just questions that can't be answered at this point, right? Yeah, we're we're still um, everything. Kind of this year has just been be flexible and control what you can control. So. We typically host four of the five preseason weekends, preseason uh, conference weekends, and a lot of those are, are programs that come to us 
um, from the cold, you know, because not very many places is beautiful as Arizona and um, 70 degree weather in February. Nobody, nobody really hears of that. So uh, unfortunately, a lot of those tournaments have kind of um, dissipated because of either budgetary cuts or trying to stay regionally and just a variety of things. And so right now we're scheduled to maybe go on the road for a couple, um, but we're also waiting to kind of hear what some of these parameters and the medical requirements that are going to come out from the Pac-12 and the NCAA um, because we don't even know if California is going to be a host, be able to host tournaments or have a preseason. So there's just a lot of fluctuation going on right now. So we're just kind of holding tight. And the thing that we're really, really fortunate is that we are, you know, 15 minutes from the airport and it's a airport that flies anywhere and everywhere. So we could see a lot of movements. Yeah. Yeah, and and you're right. the 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 tournaments, and I'm thinking of the Kajakawa Classic and the Littlewood Classic, have always been able to bring out uh, big name schools, Big Ten, yeah, uh, and non conference. You had Tennessee in uh, last year. I was out at the the Monday night game. I, I I wanted to ask you in closing, explain on the boat because I tweeted a, uh, a couple things. You know, I always like to tweet out when softball is going to play. And I used that hashtag, and I admit I'm sitting there typing it on the boat, and I thought, I have no idea what it is, what this is. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, um, it's it's a slogan that the, the team came up with last year, and basically um, it's in a representation of either you're on the boat, so you're either in it or you're not in it. So that's pretty black or white there. And then when you're in the boat, are you helping row or are you – putting holes in the boat and so on the boat for us represented being making that conscious decision of being actually in the boat and participating to help that boat move forward versus moving it in a different direction well i tell you what and i've said this a million times on women's basketball broadcast at farrington stadium is just Ugh. for my money it's beautiful the best venue in college softball i'm not saying in the west in the middle i'm saying in the whole country it is a phenomenal facility, and for our fans who have not been out there, when you're able to get out there, you got to go because it is just a great place, especially in the spring when the weather's so nice in the evenings. I talk about going out at the Tennessee game, and the weather was just fabulous. Oh, and it's just it was. what it was. a great place to watch softball. You know, it just, yes, it's and we incredible. just opened up a hitting facility. Sorry, we just opened oh, up a right. hitting facility. Yes. Yeah, that, so. It's, it's getting even better. Listen, that's the goal. Absolutely. Coach, I appreciate uh, the time uh, going to see your kids play. I I'm really appreciate you taking time out for us. And, yes, we're all on the boat, and we're pretty glad that you're on the boat with us, Coach. I appreciate the time. Good luck uh, through the uh, off season, putting the schedule together, and we'll all be out at Farrington again real soon. Thanks for being with us. Awesome. Thank you so much, and go Devils. Absolutely. Go Devils. Trisha Ford, ASU's outstanding softball coach. Uh, like the other spring sports, softball was on a path to going back to the postseason again when uh, the season was shut down last year, and there's no reason to believe that, assuming everything starts on time, that uh, NCAA play won't be in ASU's future again next year. By the way, and I'll mention this before we get to a break, if you want to look online about tickets, once they do get to playing games and fans can attend, the best place to look for tickets is thesundevils.com. Now, again, it's not doable at the moment, 
but you can certainly go there and find out about season ticket information for any one of ASU's uh, intercollegiate sports, including softball. And yeah, in Farrington Stadium, it's uh, it's kind of tucked away next to the football practice field. But boy, what a magnificent facility! And you owe it to yourself to get out there and check out a game when uh, we all get have the chance to get back out there to Farrington and catch Sun Devil softball. We did say we'd get the scores, and we got a few scores to get to, so we're going to take a break, come back, and I'm going to give you a little bit of sound from uh, Herm Edwards yesterday in his first official practice press conference, post-practice press conference. We'll do all that after a break. This is Sun Devil Saturday, and we're back after this on the Sun Devil Radio Network. That fight song in the marching band, and you think, has football started? Well, not quite yet, but this is Sun Devil Saturday. I'm Jeff Munn, and if you're just joining us, let me reset this so that you understand what's going on here. Four weeks from today, we are going to play football, Arizona State at USC, and we thought it'd be a nice way to kind of get you your own preseason training by doing uh, four weeks' worth of these shows where we talk a lot of Sun Devil football, we talk about ASU athletics, we look back at last year, and do all kinds of football-related things. So we're going to be here each of the next four Saturdays uh, from 1 to 3 here on our flagship station, Arizona Sports 98.7 FM, and I want to talk about them in a minute, too. But before we get into scores, I thought it would be a good idea, if you're not aware of how the schedule does break down for Arizona State, teams in the Pac-12 are going to play seven games this year. Six of them are set. And for Arizona State, they will play all five of their South Division opponents and one cross-division opponent. Now, the schedule will start Saturday, November 7th at USC, and it's worth mentioning again, that's a 10 a.m. Arizona time kickoff. And by the way, we're going to come on with pregame at 7.30 in the morning, so uh, sleep sleep fast, sleep early, whatever you have to do. But you got to be with us at 7.30 that morning for the Sun Devil tailgate show. Then countdown to kickoff at 9. The voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy and Jeff Ram Raphorst, will indeed bring you the game beginning at 10 o'clock. Then Devils play in Sun Devil Stadium against Cal. They go to Colorado, come home back-to-back for Utah and UCLA, And they wrap up, of course, at You Know Where in Tucson on December the 11th. That's a Friday, by the way. And we'll get into kind of our thoughts about how this Pac-12 South Division race is going to go and how the teams look with Jeff Ann Raphorst and Tim Healy coming up a little bit later on in our program. Let's uh, also uh, just mention very briefly, and I think you're aware of this, for the home games and for all games this year, no fans, but certainly that means you got to be by the radio so you can catch the call. You'd do that anyway, but certainly on the Sun Devil Radio Network, our, our great network that covers the entire state, you will uh, catch every game on the radio with Tim and Rapper, and we look forward to things starting up on Saturday, November 7th. It's going to be terrific. I mentioned Arizona Sports. They have added to the amount of offerings they have for Sun Devil fans through their podcast. You know, or I hope you know, that Tim has been doing a show on Thursdays for a while now called Maroon Monsoon, where he brings on a whole host of ASU-related guests. That's available in podcast form. This show is going to be in podcast form, which kind of scares me a little, but nevertheless, it will be available as a podcast. And the Anderson Healy Show, which is a terrific way to catch up with everything going on in ASU athletics because Tim visits 
with the guy in charge, ASU Vice President for University Athletics, Ray Anderson. That's available in podcast form as well, which means you can listen to it whenever you like. But you got to download that Arizona Sports app to your phone. If you haven't done so already, why haven't you done it? Because all the great information about all of the teams in the state of Arizona is right there at your fingertips. You can listen to shows here on 98.7 FM, both live and in podcast form. It's a terrific app to have on your phone. And now you've got even more reason to download it because you're going to have all kinds of ASU programming. So Arizona Sports, that's the app to get on your phone if you haven't done it already. And check out, just go to podcasts and you'll find all the ASU programming you could ever want. All right, let's get to some scores. And the, the this has been a really bizarre, and I think that's an understatement, start to the season in college football. Today in Dallas, Oklahoma snapped a two-game losing streak. And they did it in four overtimes, beating number 22 Texas 53-45. That game just went final at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas. Texas is now two and two, and Tom Herman. It's it wasn't it two years ago. Texas was in the Sugar Bowl, and now all of a sudden, it is Austin. It's the Forty Acres. They're they're already mad at him, so this isn't going to help losing to Oklahoma. And how about Oklahoma? If they had lost that game today, they would have dropped to one and three. Ouch. Other scores, 640 to go in the first half between the Hedges and Athens. Third-rated Georgia and 14th-rated Tennessee tied at 14. Six minutes to go first half in Provo. 15th-rated BYU in front of Texas San Antonio, 7-3. 4.06 to the half in Ames. 24th-ranked Iowa State leading Texas Tech, 21-7. Just into the second quarter in Auburn. 13th-rated Auburn leads Arkansas, 10-0. Few people thought Arkansas might pull off an upset today. Now, a lot of these games in the SEC are being played in inclement weather because of now Tropical Storm Delta that is still moving through the southeast. Final scores from earlier today. Eighth-rated North Carolina moves to 3-0. and They beat number 19 Virginia Tech, 56-45. And I'll tell you what, Mac Brown in the heels, you better keep your eye on him. Missouri got an upset today. They've knocked off number 17 LSU, 45-41. That game had to be moved to Columbia out of Baton Rouge because of uh, Hurricane Delta, now a tropical storm. Tonight, big game in Clemson. Seventh-rated Miami, top-ranked Clemson. And obviously, no no buildup is needed on that one. Second-ranked Alabama plays at Ole Miss as Nick Saban meets his former assistant, Lane Kiffin. Saban, I, I heard this note today. Saban is 20-0 and against former assistants. And there's no love lost between he and Lane Kiffin, so that ought to be a lot of fun. And then at, uh, also at 4.30 Arizona time, fifth-rated Notre Dame hosts Florida State. Now, if you are not aware, Notre Dame is a member of the ACC this year because they would have had a really difficult time putting together a schedule as an independent. I tell you, BYU has been able to patch it together, but it's it's quite a challenge. So this game tonight between Notre Dame and Florida State is a quote-unquote conference game. And, of course, Florida State now being led by former ASU assistant Mike Norvell. So a lot of interest here in Sun Devil country as to how Mike Norvell will do at Florida State. He's off to a 1-2 and two start. The Pac-12 will start November 7th. As I said, everybody plays six games. Then the seventh game will be determined by the conference. And the Pac-12 championship game will be the same weekend. December 18th will be the title game. The remainder of the teams in the conference not playing in the championship game will have a game scheduled on the 19th. The other thing that has uh, not been settled as of yet, 
are the starting times beyond the opener against USC. Uh, None of the times have been announced. The thing for you to remember is most everything, in fact, I think just about everything, will be ABC, ESPN, or Fox in terms of television. And, of course, you want the hometown call. So anytime ASU's playing, you just turn down the TV and you turn up the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy and Jeff Van Raphorst here on the Sun Devil Radio Network. And by the way, we ought to get them on right now. And you know what? Well, I'm not going to do it right now because we're going to a commercial. But when we come back, we are going to visit with the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy and Jeff Van Raphorst. And we'll do it after a break. Sun Devil Saturday on the Sun Devil Radio Network. 